Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Nadia. And I'm Jade. And in this month's episode, we're going to be talking about how having a baby can affect the way you think and feel about the way you look. Yeah, we're going to be joined by three body image experts from Australia, Dr Laura Hart, Dr Zali Yeager and Dr Ivanka Pritchard, who have launched a really exciting new project called Body Confidence Mums, which aims to help mums reconnect with and feel good in their bodies after having children. Excellent. And just before we get started, we have a quick car announcement. Yeah, we're currently sitting in a car, Jade's car in fact, and it's so hot. Oh my god, (laughs) especially seeing that we actually have the windows up. And I don't know what's going on, but we seem to be having a heatwave in the UK and it's never-ending, which I don't want to complain about, but it's really hot in a car. It's untimely, that's basically what it is, yeah. And yeah, we are sitting in my car. We started recording in my car a few episodes back after being tipped off that it was good acoustics in, in a car from a sound engineer. Hence why we have to have the windows up. Um, please do let us know if you can hear the difference. Please do. I hope this is all worthwhile. <laughs> Please let it be worthwhile. <laughs> Both sweating. Um, <laughs> anyway, the other car announcement, the Centre for Appearance Research car, is that we've recently launched a participant pool, which means it's even easier to help contribute to our research. Yeah, right. We will link the participant pool in the show notes, but just to highlight that registering to the participant pool means we can keep you up to date with opportunities to hear and take part in our research and helps our team recruit the right people. Yeah, and that second point is really important because our research is nothing without the people taking part, so we really do need you. Um, we'd also really love a diverse group of people that we can contact about our upcoming research so our research can be more inclusive and more reflective of the population because so much of psychology research is limited because we end up studying really just one group of people. Yeah, you mean mostly white, middle-class, psychology students, Nadia? Well, pretty much, if you look at the literature, that's normally the common limitation. Mm-hmm. So if this isn't you... Your participation in our research really stands to help us better serve other groups and help us advance our field, honestly. Yeah, and as we said, we will link to the participant pool in the episode show notes, where there's a lot more information about what the purpose of the participant pool is and how to register. But just to stress here that registering just means you'll hear about future opportunities to take part in our research. And if you do register, there is absolutely no obligation to take part in any of the research studies that we invite you to take part in. Yeah, completely. So... Should we get on with the episode? Yes, let's. Great, and we're actually going to mix up the format a bit and hear from our guests Ivanka Laura and Zali first because they introduced the topic so well. Yeah, good idea. And you spoke to them back in June when they were here for the Appearance Matters 8 conference, didn't you, Nadia? I went round to their beautiful Airbnb in the morning after the conference. We had a really chilled out conversation on why after having children it's an important time to think about body image. And they told me more about their new collaborative project, Body Confident Mums. Brilliant. Can't wait to hear. So I know they introduced themselves, but we want to introduce them too because they're really excellent body image researchers, let's be honest. Um, And also good friends and colleagues of us here at CAR. Definitely friends of the podcast status, don't Mm. you think, Jade? For sure. Mm. Anyway, Laura Zali and Ivanka are all body image researchers from Australia. Dr Laura Hart, a postdoctoral research fellow at La Trobe University and the University of Melbourne, Australia, She's leading a project together with Professor Susan Paxton called Confident Body, Confident Child, a programme to help parents teach their children about healthy eating and physical activity without negatively impacting on child body image. We'll say a bit more about the Confident Body, Confident Child programme and resources at the end of this episode. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have Dr. Vanka Pritchard, who's a senior lecturer in health and exercise sciences at Flinders University in Adelaide, Australia. Ivanka brings insight from 15 years as a group fitness instructor into her research, which focuses on improving body satisfaction and increasing physical activity among women and children. And last, but definitely not least, Dr. Zali Yeager is a senior lecturer in health and physical education at Victoria University in Melbourne, Australia. Zali's research is centred on promoting positive body image, particularly in school settings. Zali actually spent a year at the Centre for Appearance Research a few years ago. Yes, but unfortunately we weren't here then. Wait, unfortunate for us or for Sally? <laughs> Both, I think. Yeah, but we're all very lucky to have met since. So, uh, yeah, let's hear from them. Okay, so Zali, Ivanka, Laura, welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast. It's so good to have you all and amazing to be able to have this discussion in person. So, hi. Hi. Good. So, and a quick note to our listeners, we're recording this the day after Carl's Appearance Matters 8 conference, which was hosted in Bath, and I think probably was the most splendid conference there ever was. (laughs) Uh, Might also explain why my voice is a little on the croaky side this morning, so uh, please forgive me for that. Anyway, Zali, Ivanka, Laura, welcome again, and I thought it would be a good idea to start with each of you quickly introducing yourselves. So, Zali, maybe why don't you go first? Thanks. Um, I'm Zali Yeager. I am... A senior lecturer in health and physical education at Victoria University. Um, and I have three children. Um, Jack is five and Evie and Lucy, my twin girls, are three. I'm Laura Hart. I'm a postdoc research fellow at the University of Melbourne and La Trobe Uni. And I'm a mum to Isaac, who's five, and Oscar, who's two. Great. And I'm Ivanka Pritchard. I'm from Flinders Uni uh, in Adelaide. And I have uh, two boys, Hudson, who's eight, and Carter, who's six. And the fact that we're all mums is the thing that's brought us together to start working in this space uh, because we saw how important it was. Okay, brilliant. And so that's a, a great starting point because I want to, we've got you here together because you've started a project called Body Confident Mums. Um, and we'll make sure we'll have a link to that in, link to the website in our episode show notes. So can we, maybe Zali, can you start by telling us a little bit about what Body Confident Mums is and like what's the goal, what's what's the vision for it all? Yeah, so we actually started this as a, a collaboration at AM7 in London. Oh, no, I didn't Yes, know. when um, Ivanka and I just um, were talking about the different sorts of pressures on mums and how that might impact on their body image. Um, so we're all body image researchers, we're all mums, and we really saw a gap in the evidence and more importantly, a gap in the resources and programs that are available for mums to help them through what is really a challenging period in life. Um, So, I mean, I think anyone can appreciate the sort of body changes that might happen during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you get a lot bigger and then uh, a baby comes out. um, (laughs) Or two in your case. And and then um, a whole range of other body things happen, both in terms of shape and weight, but also in terms of functionality and hormones and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the physiology, there's a huge change. And um, But then psychologically, you're also going through a huge change in identity as a mum. So we, we know that this is a, a challenging time, mostly from our own experience. Um, but then also, um, for me, going along to mother's group or play group or uh-huh. any sort of gathering where there are other mums, the focus very quickly turned to bodies and fat talk and talking mm-hmm. about how much we hate this and that. And it, it was really shocking to me because I hadn't experienced that 
in women getting together prior to having children, like in their twenties, you know, there were other things to talk about, but then once we had kids, all the focus was on our bodies and that was, you know, maybe okay when the kids were young, but once they started to get older, they can hear us Mm -hmm. and, um, started to get really concerned about passing on a whole generation of body issues to the next generation of young people. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, so I'm not a mum, but I am very aware of, like, some of the media pressures for, like, mums to, like, snap back really quickly, mm-hmm. um, get back into that, like, pre-baby body, which I, I can't imagine to be helpful at all. Yeah, I mean, even if, even if you don't consume a lot of traditional media, uh-huh. all of the social media stuff is around that. Every yeah. single bit of Facebook marketing you get is about, you know, getting losing weight. And um, I think you're at quite a vulnerable time mm-hmm. um, in your life. So it's, yeah... It's, it's a difficult position with a whole bunch of new stuff thrown on you. Yeah, and we really felt like yeah. we wanted to help women at that time find things for them and then be able to empower them to be more confident in their lives. Right, right. And so, um, so what do we know from the research when it comes to mums and body image? Um, so we know some. Um, we don't know as much as what we know for body image during pregnancy. So mm-hmm. the um, research sort of post-pregnancy isn't... Um, as strong out there. We've just presented a a systematic review at the AMA Mm -hmm. conference on this topic, looking at the correlates of body image post-pregnancy with a whole range of health outcomes for women. And so from that, we know that dissatisfaction is strongly related to body weight or weight retention post-pregnancy. And all of this is pretty much correlational work. So equally being larger post-pregnancy is something that could be linked to people feeling worse about their bodies. Um, we know that there's a number of studies that link dissatisfaction to depression post-pregnancy um, and to anxiety, and some of those have actually gone longitudinally post-pregnancy with and predicted, so dissatisfaction does predict depression symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so we have that area of things, and then we're also interested in the types of health behaviours that people might do, so whether they're eating healthily, whether they're exercising, doing things to look after or manage stress in their lives mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And there's relatively few studies that look at that in mums and from what we have so far, and our review was just quantitative. So there are other studies that do look qualitatively into this that we right. were interested to find, can we find some quantitative evidence that tells us whether something predicts something else or what's related to something else and I think out of all the studies and we started off with like the initial search giving us over 7,000 hits for um, all of the search terms that we had there were like five or six studies that looked at say exercise post-pregnancy and dissatisfaction and um, so there's not many there's not much evidence to go on of those we are finding that those that are dissatisfied are exercising less. Um, but as a measurement at that time as well is really problematic, and you could hear me half on about this yeah. for, <laughs> for a little while. So, like the measurement of exercise is problematic. There's uh-huh. a single item, like non-established um, scales that have been used in studies or exercise hasn't been the primary focus. Um, and from my previous research, I think exercise and body image and relationship there is mm-hmm. really important to follow up on. Um, but also the measurement of body image and body dissatisfaction in postpartum women is so variable that we don't have a nice way of comparing across studies because within the review we've just done of around 40 studies, there were 29 different measures of body image used. And so if you've got so many different ones, and of those, I just went back and counted like 
eight or nine were like made up scales that people <laughs> yeah. just decided to add in yeah. um, one or two item things and sometimes that's due to the how much space you've got in a survey yeah. at that time and those sorts of pressures but but it's just not validated yeah not, yeah um, but I think in addition to the methodological problems body image in early motherhood is really complex because we know that we can have an increase in appreciation for the body because of the functions that it's just performed it's given life maybe it's breastfed um, these amazing appreciation that mothers can feel for their bodies so that can be a really uplifting side of body satisfaction but you can also have really increased levels of dissatisfaction with the appearance of the body Mm -hmm. so you can have an increase in appreciation but also an increase in dissatisfaction at the same time which makes measurement really complex Mm -hmm. and it's a difficult area to try and understand when you have some women who may have lived with an eating disorder and find pregnancy and the postpartum period actually can help them Mm -hmm. move through the eating disorder and come out the other side less um, symptomatic. And then there are other women who haven't felt body image issues their whole lives who left with a postpartum body that may be injured through the birth process or at a higher weight than what they're happier with. And they can't use the functions that they've used before to cope through exercise because they're busy at home with their child Mm -hmm. or because their muscles aren't working the way they used to that they now have body concerns so it's a very complex area and we're finding that using an average or a mean is not particularly helpful yeah there's so many interesting things in there and I think it I mean I'm kind of struck by the kind of lack of body image research at this point in time because it kind of feels it's such a transitional period in the body and we kind of know when we go through different transitions that can be something that like heightens your attention to your body but then Laura I really liked what you were saying there about because I kind of have thought and and again I don't think this is I'm not sure how much of this is from research and then like maybe more intuitive but kind of the joy of having a baby and, and really seeing your body and like having your body for what it can do and the gratitude that that might bring can I imagine make people think differently about their body so maybe foster body confidence in a different way and maybe make people view their body in a completely different way but then at the same time you can still have this like my body actually looks quite different and how do I navigate that especially when we've got all these other pressures to to maybe you know Zali you're saying about the mum's groups and whatever and everyone's talking about their body and their weight and that kind of thing so it, it does sound like a really complex time but I think that piece about can have elements of body acceptance, body appreciation, but at the same time experience body dissatisfaction feels like the most heightened <laughs> it could ever be. It's like yeah. It feels very tangible yeah. now, doesn't it? I, often when period. I'm speaking to other mums, I say, it's like going through puberty. Uh-huh. Your body is so changed by carrying a human in there. Yeah. And whatever way you give birth, it still changes your body. Yeah. And you're, I think the pressure from media images and organizations advertising on social media Mm -hmm. is that it's not like puberty because you'll get your body back Mm, yeah but for the majority of women they do experience changes like adolescents do that ultimately change the way they experience their body the Mm -hmm. way they feel and the way they can engage in self-care and the message that we get socio-culturally is that no your body will be exactly the same but what what, our experience is so different that actually you you live in a body that feels really alien to you if you're expecting it to go back to the way it was yeah and then that point about the what you just said there in terms of like able to engage in self-care is really Mm. interesting because obviously you're so busy with a with a new baby and sometimes when we're trying to foster positive body image we might say 
Self-care activities are really good. Practice, whether that's having a bath, whether that's kind of, I don't know, doing yoga or some form of exercise. Or, and so that's that's really interesting. I know you're, you've got um, an honor student. You're, you're doing some work looking at, kind of looking at the relationship between exercise and body image post-baby. What's What do we know about that and what's your thinking on that? So again, I think um, in lines with body image, post-baby being really complex exercise after having a kid is really complex as well, um, particularly because of the self-care stuff and um, being able to have time to do things and whether or not you're motivated to exercise prior to. Um, and so when you have a new child and you don't have the same time to exercise like you might have before, then that can make people feel really bad about themselves, not only from a mood perspective, but a, a satisfaction perspective as well, potentially. Um, and I think the things that were currently so out on a student is looking at that relationship but is finding it really tricky to think about which comes first. Is it exercise that then um, leads to feeling better about yourself and if you can promote exercise, is that what's going to be better for women at this time? Or is it that those that are satisfied first are the ones that are going to try and exercise more? Mm-hmm. Um, and the research is still messy in that space as well and we don't really know because um, there's evidence for both of those. Um, we do know that reasons for exercise play a really important role in whether or not exercise is helpful for us. Yeah. So we, for women who exercise for appearance-related reasons, we know that that's really problematic in terms of it leading to dissatisfaction, potential for disordered eating mm-hmm. for them. So the motives that we have and the motives that we sell to new mothers are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've been on this little tirade about exercise clothing for new mums and the things that um, exercise companies oh. don't offer for us and um, it may have changed more recently but back when we were having kids I didn't see anything out there that was specific for mums that I could use as exercise clothing there was nothing I could find that was specific to me I mean okay, admittedly that stuff's really expensive and so you don't yeah. want to buy something that's just going to be for one point in your life <laughs> uh-huh. um, but one of my pet peeves is advertising to mothers using non-mothers mm, so you right. get these skinny toned women Pretending to be mothers with bouncing babies in advertising and actual mothers don't look anything like that. And the pressure for you to assume that your body will one day get back to that is immense from looking at that kind of imagery. We've actually tried to find images for our website that are, you know, women that look like, you know, average mothers. And and you can't find any. And there's Uh no images of pregnant women exercising that are, you know, at anything higher than, you know, any higher weight. So it's really uh-huh. difficult in that all of the imagery that we see is very limited, even in this age range. Yeah, so it's another kind of issue of like the stock images that uh, yeah. we have, yes. like, are yeah. very, um, yeah, not very inclusive for mm. different people, different bodies at different times of, the, of their life. Mm. Um, so then, what can we do to help new mums? Um, improve their body image or feel good in their bodies or connected to their bodies what what's kind of your thoughts in terms of going in that direction so body confident mums is a project that we've been working on and our very first meeting actually was in a playground Uh (laughs) with our children Um, and we often work with children climbing all over us Um, But what we're trying to do is to partner with businesses and organisations to develop better content and products for mums and also help educate them about the corporate responsibility Mm -hmm. around imaging for mothers, around advertising for mothers and the vulnerability at this time in our lives in particular. And it's important to note that Body Confident Mums is not just about that immediate postnatal period. 
our research tends to focus on children, mothers who have children between, you know, directly after birth and five years, but we want this to be for mothers of any age who are struggling with feeling positive about their body or appreciating their body or needing to engage in self-care in a way that is not about appearance but is about feeling better about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to develop education resources for health professionals about the impact that body dissatisfaction can have on the wide range of health outcomes that Ivanka talked about. Mm -hmm. And we've all been through the perinatal hospital care Mm -hmm. and you get a lot of support in pregnancy and in the immediate postpartum period but once you're one year two year three years out there's not really any support and that's a time when body image can really foster negative thinking and and poor mood and I think Uh we really need to start educating professionals about the role that if you have the seeds of body dissatisfaction in those early days it's only possibly going to get worse if you don't engage some self-care activities and, and start to foster body appreciation. Right, so is that kind of about like um, healthcare providers checking in with new mums and asking how they're feeling and is that... I what? mean, I have a story um, and it was after I gave birth with my first. So I had no idea. I'd read so many books on giving birth, I had not read a single word on what to do after the baby <laughs> right. comes out, right? And so I'm looking down at this stomach that's... I mean, it's not nice and round anymore. It doesn't look like all the lovely pregnancy pictures. Um, and it's really, it's mushy is the only word to describe it. It's very right. jelly. The midwife walks in and I'm just like looking at my stomach, kind of poking it and it's jiggling everywhere. And I just said to her, when does this go away? And she just patted her own stomach and was like, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like in that situation, that's a real opportunity where she mm. could have engaged in yeah. even a little bit of, um, you know, expectation management mm-hmm. about the body and what might happen over the next six months, nine months, year. Um, you know, oh, it took nine months to go to get bigger, so it's going to take nine months mm-hmm. to get, you know, um, to return to some um, – not return, I hate all of those words mm-hmm. that indicate it might go back, mm-hmm. but, you know, to reclaim your body, it, mm-hmm. it might take nine yeah. months. Um, and that could have been the conversation that would have made me feel a lot better than yeah. having her just indicate that – your life is over now and you're stuck with that forever. And it doesn't stay exactly like that forever. No, no. Like you said, there is some aspect of return. Return's not the right word. Yeah. Maybe reclaim. But there is also a period of moving back towards a non-pregnant body. That takes time. And I think what we should think about here as well as this is pointing to there are key I suppose transitional moments Mm. that new mothers might have so the immediate moment that you have in the hospital when your body is like has changed so drastically Mm -hmm. from pre-birth to post-birth and how you might feel in your body at that point and then there's the point sort of at six months down the track where um, things are sort of more settled you may be settling into the life a little bit more but then maybe you should have more time to be looking after and doing self-care and but you're still not feeling like you have that time Mm. and then there's the transition back to work and having to fit back into your work clothes Mm. and Mm. that notion of going to your wardrobe and going I'm still going to wear the elasticized pants today because I can't get back mm-hmm. into yeah. what I was in before and, and how that makes someone feel at that point. Um, and then the... When you stop breastfeeding, you stop if you breastfeeding. have been breastfeeding, mm, yeah. that's a big transition. You can put on weight at that point and your breasts change. And then when your children go to school, cool. you... Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you get this whole, when they go to school, you should perhaps have more time. So right. you've spent all this time caring for them. They've been your focus and then they're yeah. at school now. So now you can focus back on yourself. And I think you see some mums really struggle at that transitional point as mm. well because actually 
you don't have like you're supposed yeah. to go back to work like what would be working even more by then and so you don't have the same time but you don't have the excuse of having a post-pregnant body mm-hmm. anymore yeah. um, because that was you know, five that's years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they were within the research in this space and I don't think people have done it like, mm. enough yet or thought it through that there are these key transitional mm. points that can influence particularly our state um, mm-hmm. dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. But if we have a continued um, exposure to those things or a continued experience of that, then that will heighten like the negative experiences that we have overall. Yeah, so it sounds like it would be really nice to have some like long-term research to track how that mm. goes over time. There's a little bit of stuff that, that does track longitudinally, okay. but only up until like six or 12 months. Yeah, right. Right. And so then there's nothing <laughs> But yeah, but like you were saying about the point like of when they go to sc- when the yeah, kids die yeah. at school and stuff. This is so interesting. I feel like I'm learning so much. There's one, um, <laughs> one thing I want to, like, the topic I want to kind of bring in, and because I think, Dali, you mentioned it right at the beginning, about if mums have uh, new struggles with their body image or like maybe heightened struggles with their body image and like the impact that that potentially could have on their kids and maybe like the conversations that you might have and I wonder if even even if you had any advice to new mums and how to maybe manage that or... or... Yeah, we, I, I've got a couple of things that yeah. I want to say in response to that. One is that as part of Body Confident Mums, we want to facilitate an online network of mothers right. talking about this. So right. I think going online to get a support group and talking about some of the struggles that you feel postpartum and normalizing the journey Mm. for women coming to know their bodies Mm -hmm. I think is really important but also I think advocacy can be a really strong point Mm -hmm. of starting to feel at home in your body as well and we want to facilitate advocacy of mums to give a message to corporations that we don't like their advertising, that we want to be able to breastfeed in active wear, that we want larger sizing in advertising to represent real mums. Mm. So I think advocacy can be Mm -hmm. a great thing. I think connecting with other mothers can be a great Mm. thing. But I also think that becoming a parent can be an incredible motivator to try and engage in some of those health behaviours to role model to your child. Mm. And we talk a lot in my work with parents about faking it till you make it, Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily have to feel like a saint or that you love your body inside out, but all you have to do is speak positively about some aspect of Mm -hmm. your body or appearance in Mm -hmm. front of your child or role model enjoying some embodiment activity, whether that's cooking or cleaning the floor or (laughs) walking or whatever it is that you are good at and you love Mm -hmm. to do, expressing to your child your love of this bodily movement Mm -hmm. is a really great way of making sure that you may experience those negative internal that internal world may be mm-hmm. negative for you but you're not passing that on to your child right. and role modeling that self-care is really important yeah that's really nice and i think a really nice um way to end i think so thank you so much for joining us today it's a really stimulating discussion thanks thanks Nadia. Nadia. That was great. So many interesting points. I got a lot from that. And how amazing this collaboration between Zali, Ivanka and Laura was formed actually at Appearance Matter 7 conference. Um, What I found fascinating though was the lack of research or even lack of consistency in research regarding post-pregnancy bodies as this transition is massive and especially in respect to things like body image which seems so complex at this stage so it's great that they are drawing attention to the need of more research in understanding this important topic and beginning to really think of ways to help new mums and healthcare professionals in this area yeah completely and it just really is one of the reasons i love working on the podcast i feel i learn so much from the experts in our field definitely 
And I meant to tell you, we, we carried on talking after I stopped recording and something that came up that I thought was really interesting was uh, we spoke about the role of partners in supporting mums as they reconnect with their bodies, which maybe is about expectation setting and something that could potentially be included in prenatal classes, perhaps. Mm, definitely. And I think it was interesting that current research has disproportionately focused on body image changes associated with pregnancy, while there's relatively little research on postpartum body image and its relationships to health and well-being. Yeah, so there's definitely an, an imbalance there. And I think most of what we know now, or from what Laura Zali and Ivanka were saying, is that most of the research is either correlational or like qualitative. So that negative postpartum body image is associated with higher BMI or weight retention postpartum and depressive symptoms. So it'd be really good to have that longitudinal research that we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really important area for future research. So also, just before we wrap up, there's a link to Body Confident Mums in the show notes, as well as a link to their Facebook page, if you want to get more involved and keep up to date with the work they're doing. Yeah, they share lots of positive resources and articles and podcasts, like ours. Woo! <laughs> um, so I think, especially if you're a new mum, it's worth checking out and following the page. Yeah, the other thing we want to quickly mention as well, because it might be of use to some of our listeners who have children, is Laura Hart's project on the Confident Body, Confident Child programme. There's a great website on how parents can foster body confidence in their kids. We'll put a link to that in the bio. Yeah, the project's a collaboration with Professor Susan Paxton, who's one of the biggest names in body image research, I think, when it comes to body image in children. Mm, Yeah, and Susan is a close colleague to many people at CAR, and she is one of our friend Hannah's PhD supervisors. I know, it's it's still wild to me that Hannah's gone to Australia for her PhD. Um, Hi, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, maybe we should do an episode on raising body confident kids. Mm, Yeah, that's quite a good idea, Nadia, and I think parents can really worry about that aspect. And the Professor Diane Newmark-Steiner, who was one of our keynotes at our recent Appearance Matters 8 conference, spoke about this and said that based on her research, one of the biggest things parents can do is not comment on their child's weight or on their own weight in front of their child. Right, which in a way goes back to the negative influence of fat talk that we discussed in episode 25. Anyway, let us know if you would like to hear an episode on raising body confidence kids. We'd we'd love to hear what you'd like to be discussed in future episodes. Definitely, and I think that's a good place to end this episode. So many thanks to our guests, Dr. Zali Yeager, Dr. Laura Hart and Dr. Ivanka Pritchard. And join us in September when we'll be talking about how to foster body confidence in schools. Now I think it's time to open the doors, don't you? Get out of the car! Get some air in!